This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. I'm absolutely convinced now that he is running for office somewhere. And why do I say that? Well, because Paul Feinbaum was on a float for the Rose Bowl parade, looked like a politician up there. And then I turn on the television this morning and on Get Up, what do I see? A flip flopper. That's what I see. All right. Easy. What I thought was my greatest ally in all of this has flip flopped. He is Paul Feinbaum of the Paul Feinbaum Show. Joining us, Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh. What do you have to say for yourself? I'm glad you guys are back. Uh, I, I was dealing with somebody else last week, and uh, I don't deal with anybody else other than you two. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. We appreciate it. Despite what Carlin had to say about you this morning, I, for one, am in your camp as well. I do not feel that the Michigan win. What did win... Carlin say? Come on. I, I said that you're a flip-flopper. Because now all of a sudden I turn on Get Up this morning and there you are saying that this championship will not be tainted for Michigan if they win it just because, oh, they've done it the last couple of games. Meanwhile, nothing has changed in terms of evidence or anything in the last few weeks, Paul. They just won a couple of games. Hey, let me, let me tell you what I went through yesterday. Um, So the SEC Nation, that's our Saturday morning game day show, we we were on a float at the tournament of roses parade. I mean, this is like you know a million people, and the last uh, fifteen minutes, which is we we got on to, right before you know as you get into the the television. I mean, I was literally harassed, spit on, booed by Michigan fans at the at the tournament of roses parade. And I said to myself, you know what? They win this game. I'm I'm, I'm divorcing myself from this fan base. And the only way to do that was to uh, was to was to check the box this morning, guys. Come on, you, you don't really believe all that stuff, do you? <laughs> I love the idea of look. I'm just going to go throw in the towel on TV, say what needs to be said, and get rid of these people. That's fantastic. Yeah, it, that does show it, a particular it, it, disdain for a fan base that I have to respect. Spit on at the Rose Bowl parade, <laughs> Paul. Where was that on your bucket list uh, for life items, Paul? <laughs> I mean, in some respects, it was surreal. Um, now, the problem was, I, I acted like it was about me, but the main reason we were there was for Tim Tebow. He, like, threw a football at the end of the parade. That was the whole purpose. So, I mean, I, w- I literally have a broken toe with these guys in white suits and, and red ties trampling past me to get their picture made with Tebow. <laughs> you know, to the, to the game at hand, fasc- oh, yeah. fa- fascinating matchup, compelling all the way around. Um your biggest takeaway from Michigan's performance yesterday, what would it be? Well, it was the fact that they made so many mistakes, uncharacteristic uh, from, you know, the, the first, you know, losing the interception that was overturned to the to two fumbled punts to just, uh, you know, some really bizarre play calls. And, and they still won the game. They should have won the game by two or three touchdowns. That, to me, was the difference. And, you know, the question I really uh, was uh, leaned in on this morning was, was, was Nick Saban out coached? And the, and the answer is he was. Uh, you know, the other stuff is, 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 is open for debate. But, but I, I, I covered Nick Saban going back to LSU. And I can count three or four times in, in his career that he's been out coached. But, but I never thought he'd be out coached by Jim Harbaugh. Uh, okay, I'm going to get. I want to go right there for a second, Paul, because that's such an interesting 
take, and you have been pretty consistent that you were not convinced about what the future held for Nick Saban. So how does all of this now play into what Nick Saban's going to do here in the in the coming weeks or coming years for that matter? Yeah, I don't have a great answer. Uh, there was a there was a feeling out there that had he won the title, now this is conventional wisdom, that he would have walked away because he would have had that 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 dream Disney like season. Uh, you know, the the miracle at Auburn, the the you know the recovery after Milrow was benched. Now it's complicated because listen, I, I don't want to start up with Michigan fans again, <laughs> but. But when you're the greatest coach of all time, do you want your last game to be outcoached by Jim Harbaugh, who had no. never won uh, a game of that magnitude? I mean, that that would haunt me. I mean, that's a little bit like Shashevsky a couple of years ago. Remember, he, he lost that game at home when every one of his former players was there to North Carolina. And then he gets the Final Four, and then he has to see North Carolina again, and he loses again. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that ruined Mike Shashevsky's legacy, but the, we remember these things. I mean, I was a young kid. I, I still remember Willie Mays dropping the fly ball in the World Series. I never got over that. He was my favorite player. And now all I can think about is Willie Mays, his last, his last roundup. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not diminishing Nick Saban, but that would be a weird way to go out, wouldn't it? It would. It would, considering everything we've seen throughout the course of his career and for a performance like that where they just couldn't get the offensive line right throughout the duration of the game. It looked like maybe in the second half they were starting to correct those issues, but late in the game they reared their head again and ultimately cost him. On the other side, the future of Jim Harbaugh is as intriguing. Do you see him back with Michigan, win or lose in the national championship game, or do you see him going to the NFL? Carlin's got him staying at 15%. I don't. I think that's about right, and the reason is not drama. Whether he wants to leave, uh, whether he he wants to stay, I think he probably would like to stay because I, I think college football uh, adapt, it, it, you know, suits him very well. Not the pro doesn't, but I, I don't think he uh, anybody. I mean, you know, hiring Don Yee is what's got a lot of people's attention. Uh, it was Tom Brady's agent. It's Sean Payton's. That, that's a weird move if you're. Uh, other than the fact that. Maybe he's trying to get some better language, but he's going to get he's going to get nailed by the NCAA if he stays. And if, if you know if you feel that very strongly, and, and Jim, if you're listening, you are going to get nailed if you stay. <laughs> why wouldn't Why wouldn't you take ten to fifteen million dollars to to go to the Chargers, uh, where, where, the, where he's being coveted? I mean, suddenly the narrative is Jim Harbaugh has to go to the Chargers. He has to go to the Raiders. He has to go to the Bears. That's a good feeling to have if, if you're as utterly bizarre as Jim is. Well, who can forget all those mesmerizing Charger playoff wins with Jim Harbaugh at quarterback? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come on, it's Kismet. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Paul Feinbaum of the Paul Feinbaum Show is with us. Bear is awesome. Let me tell you why this Saturday. Let the Home Depot help you get projects done right with Bear Premium Plus interior paint. Paul? Did the semifinals validate the decisions by the committee? Absolutely. And, you know, I, while you guys were uh, gone last week, I, I was asked about this Florida State player on your show uh, saying that they, they would claim the national championship if they were undefeated. And I said, that's not going to happen because they're going to lose by 50. I was wrong again. They lost <laughs> by 60. <laughs> and 
I, I, I have never. I, I don't care how they lost it. I mean that 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 is is an undoing of this Florida State argument. No, nobody wants to hear these Florida State fans. And part of the reason I, I made up with Michigan is that I'm going to spend the rest of the off season trashing Florida State. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you are playing chess, the rest of us are playing checkers. 3D chess right there, Fine Bob. Very nicely done. You know, um, coming into the, the semifinals yesterday, if you looked at any sports book, they offered you odds on any scenario that could possibly play out. For example, Texas over Alabama or Alabama over Washington. The biggest long shot of any was Washington over Michigan. Lo and behold, Michigan beats Alabama and Washington beats Texas. I think people view Washington a little bit more seriously than they may have going into the playoff after a nice win over Texas yesterday. What kind of chance do you give them of pulling off the upset against Michigan? Very little. So here we go. I'm, I'm making friends with uh, UW fans out in Seattle. I, I'm, I don't get. I don't see it. And, and listen, I, I don't need to be educated after 14 games that they're undefeated. That's pretty obvious to, to anyone. Uh, in America, but but I I just don't think it's a good matchup for them. Uh, I respect their what, what what they've done, and we talk about the you know their offensive line won the Joe Moore Award. They did, uh, but they were also in the Pac-12, uh, where where the defenses are not to the degree of what I saw firsthand yesterday by Michigan. I mean, Michigan is really scary up front, and that Alabama offensive line, which played very well against Georgia, just just looked pedestrian yesterday afternoon. You know, it's so disappointing to hear you in, uh, again, this flip-flop. And I know you're, you're really just doing what you have to do. It's genius. It's but genius at business. Point, at this point, you need to show up in Houston dressed in the Harbaugh uniform. You realize <laughs> this. Get the well, khakis. Get the get, hat. Get the hat. Wish everybody a happy new year. <laughs> yeah. Yes, well, the awkward happy the new reason, year. The reason that, I did what it. I did today is that that Mike Greenberg this morning made it sound like I made a serious sacrifice. I mean, that I, I I traveled from Sydney, Australia, uh, back to the states so I could be on his show, and I, I had I had to support him on that by by giving him some news. And that's why I did what I did about Farbot. Uh, I'm I'm not a flip flopper. Uh, that that's that, but you guys watch soap operas, you watch series, you gotta you gotta come up with a new script. <laughs> the man's an entertainer, and he's I will like always a, respect that. He's like a WWE wrestler. He's going from heel yeah. to babyface. <laughs> Paul Feinbaum, the babyface. <laughs> Paul, yeah. great yeah. stuff. Yeah. Thanks. The, the attacks on Harbaugh were not rating well, guys. Come on. <laughs> oh, you are a politician. You got my vote. <laughs> Paul, great stuff. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Enjoyed it. See you soon. <laughs> Paul Feinbaum of the Paul Feinbaum Show. He's right about I'm sorry. Florida State. He's, just, he's my favorite guest, period. He's right about Florida State, too, right? I mean, oh my God. good grief, Florida State. Oh, Why bother showing Lord. up? I, huh. Should have just sat that one out. Uh, yesterday, I was calling the Citrus Bowl on radio, and Dave Fleming and Brock Osweiler had uh, along with Caleb Burton had called the the Orange Bowl the day before and came in to do this on TV Oof. and I'm I'm watching that score as I'm at the airport and I'm like oh god you poor people yeah it just I I blinked and it was twenty eight to three and I landed and it was sixty three to three you start talking about the NFL card real quick 
at the end yeah. of that broadcast. Oh, absolutely. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. It's the end of the four-team playoff era in college football. But this era ending, does Nick Saban's domination with the sport end with it? We'll explain why that might happen next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Disappointed. The players are very disappointed. But I, I, I told the players, look, you had an amazing season. This team has come as far as any team as I've ever coached. So I don't think you can lose sight of that either. You definitely got the sense that Nick Saban had a, a particular attachment to this team. And I think part of it is because he kind of knew they were not the traditional Alabama team in terms of talent and what they were capable of, and they exceeded their capabilities in his mind. That's just me speculating. It's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. Am I reading that situation wrong? No, I don't think so, because when you lost early in the year to Texas, a lot of people wrote them off for dead. I know I did. And they found a way. They found a way. They didn't just get upset in some spectacular shootout where it was two great teams and the other team happened to make one more play. They weren't very good in that game. 
You know, they made a transition a few years ago where they put a hell of a lot more emphasis on the passing attack and the quarterback position. For years, they had been a little bit more, we're going to run the football, we're going to play power power football, and we're going to beat you up. And then the landscape of college football changed, and they realized they needed to spread it out more. So Jalen Hurts, uh, Tua Tungavailoa, um, I'm missing, obviously, Mac Jones when he was there. They Bryce Young, they threw the ball all over the lot, and this year was different. They just didn't have a quarterback who could do that. So when they lost to Texas, I think people looked at that team and thought, this team isn't as good. They're just not as good, and it required a top-notch coaching effort to get them to where they got to. So, no, I don't think you're misreading that at all. I think you take great pride in the years where you're you're viewed more of an underdog as a favorite, and you're able to out-coach everyone else and find your way into a great situation. I mean, what they did to Georgia alone was a remarkable coaching job. I, I mean, listen, Milrow was benched early in the season. Yes. They barely beat South Florida 17-3. to I mean, that tells you an awful lot about what was going on there. Now, having said that, uh, for those who are ready to write off Nick Saban, do so at your own peril. And you know who I'm speaking to? Who's that? Chris Canty. I think he's done winning national titles. I know it's almost (laughs) blasphemous to suggest that, but just it it feels like NIL and Transfer Portal have basically balanced the scales when it comes to the balance of power in the college football landscape. The advantage that Alabama has been able to have with recruiting five-star after five-star, it just doesn't seem as, as dramatic anymore just because everybody is seemingly caught up because of how quickly they can turn over their rosters. When we start looking at the landscape of college football, it's changing as we know it. And I think Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide are going to be left on the outside looking in of that change when it comes to winning at the highest level of the sport. So, Joe, traveling around college football the last few weeks, doing three different, four different bowl games, this is obviously the topic among everybody, okay? Mm -hmm. The thought process is, when it comes to NIL and the transfer portal, just generally speaking, is that, you know, it's kind of doing what Canty's talking about. But does anybody think that Alabama is now put at a disadvantage because of the situation? Like, they're not at a full-on advantage or as much of one as they used to be, but given who this man is and what he has done in his career, does anybody think they're not going to figure out ways to make this work to their benefit? I mean, so far, it has kind of gone in a little bit of a di- different direction because other other places have been working just harder focusing on that altogether. Like, coaches' minds right now, NIL just completely dominates their minds across college football. Nick Saban is not someone that you should ever doubt trying to be able to come up with ways to get his team his program back into an advantageous position. Well, when has he ever shown us he can't innovate, that he can't keep with the yeah. times? I mean, this is a down year by Alabama standards. They lost the semifinal in overtime to a team that could win the national title. They didn't go eight and four, right? Like, it's not an actual down year. They just weren't They weren't as playing in the dominant. Sun Bowl. Right. <laughs> like, they are still every bit as good as we remember. And he is the master at understanding his weaknesses and how to improve them. This year, his offensive line wasn't good enough. His quarterback certainly wasn't good enough. So what do you think he's going to improve upon in the offseason? They're going to get a better quarterback in there who can throw the ball. They're going to improve the offensive line. I wouldn't write him off as well. I think Kenny's argument is perfect if you take it and you apply it to Clemson. I think it sticks with Clemson better than anybody else. I think the NIL era has gotten them and exposed Dabo. 
I do not think it has exposed Alabama at all. They still beat Georgia. Like, are we talking about the NIL era hurting Georgia? No, we're not saying that at all. Georgia's been dominant. Back-to-back titles. They lost the SEC championship. They lost one total game this year. No one's saying it about them, but they lost to Alabama. I don't, I don't for in any way, shape, or form, think that the game is passing Saban by. I think they had a season in which they just weren't good enough at the best and most important position on the field. Milrow, by all accounts, is a hard worker. He can run with the best of them. He can't throw. He can't throw. When he had time yesterday, he was missing open wide receivers. He just isn't a great quarterback. He's a good quarterback, but if you're talking about winning national championships, he's not the guy. And on a quick side note, Cam Ward is transferring out of Washington State, and he says it's down to Miami or the portal. Why is Alabama not going after Cam Ward? Well, by the way, over he already the declared weekend, for the I think draft it came out yesterday. Saying? All right, forget about that take then. And uh, well, that's all right because I think it happened yesterday. Going to the NFL. Cam Ward has blown off both those places and going to All the right. NFL. Well, good for him. But yeah. there's there's guys out there that are entering the portal. Like, you can solve this position. You can yes. figure this out. Milrow, again, hard worker. I'm not going to sit here and do the whole Bill O'Brien thing, like you should transfer positions. I know that was a big thing last week. Good quarterback, hard worker. Not good enough to win a national championship. Just wasn't good enough last night. Couldn't make the throws even when he had the time. There are certain people when they reach certain levels that you should just never doubt, okay? Now, I know that Saban and Belichick are exceptionally close, but it took up until, would you say, this year, maybe middle of last year, to really doubt Bill Belichick? Three bad years in a row without Tom Brady, yes. Right, and a blowout playoff loss. Correct. Okay. See, that... We're not at that point here with Nick Saban. Not even close. We're, we're just not. And so... Florida State would kill to be in that situation. Absolutely. This guy has done too much and is consistently... The mindset of Saban is not just what did we just do great. It's what do we have to do better every single freaking day. I mean... Let's look around college football. Like when you when you talk about maybe the game's passing him by, let's look around college football because bowl season it, it bowl season is a very unique monster. You've called several games you know. You get some absolute crap performances. Whoa. You you get some really bad coaching efforts. James Franklin at Penn State, I don't want to have the conversation about Nick Saban maybe having the game pass him by without talking about James Franklin first. Franklin's awful when it comes to big games. Franklin will beat all the nobodies, and he'll beat none of the somebodies. All right? Let's talk about Mario Cristobal at Miami. What's he doing? Nothing. Nothing. He's a lot of talk. He'll bring a lot of guys in. He is not going to be able to coach his way through a football game. The guy has no idea how to manage football games. You look around, how many coaches would you take over Saban right now? There aren't many. Harbaugh's done a great job at Michigan. Kalen DeBoer has done a great job at Washington. Dan Lanning's done a great job at Oregon. Sarkeesian's doing a pretty solid job at Texas, but how many of them are you taking over Saban? Saban. Am I taking Kirby Smart over Saban? Maybe. Kirby's done a really good job, but the conversation comes down to just a couple guys. Yeah. If If this is the season in which we question Nick Saban, a semifinal loss in overtime to what could be the eventual national champion, I think we need to reevaluate our standards before we start questioning him. When it, when it comes to people like this, if you're going to tell me they're dead in their careers, show me the body. Yeah. I want, I'm not going to – otherwise, I'm not going to believe it. 
Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Now, he's not the only GOAT that might be getting ready to call it quits. That's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, and Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. He's got the first down and more. Corum inside the five. Corum spins his way across the goal line. Touchdown, Michigan! Can Bama survive? Milrow running straight ahead. He doesn't get it. He goes nowhere. He's tripped up. And the Michigan Wolverines have done it. It's all roses finally for Michigan. You know, my brother's keeper. I know my brothers had my back. And I told him, we tied this damn good overtime. We're going to win. When we came out top. I'll see you in Houston. But will Jim Harbaugh be on the next plane for L.A. after Houston? Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider, joining us. Uh, Mr. Graziano, it's good to talk to you, and Happy New Year. How are you, Cowboy. I'm cowboy. I'm doing fine. I'm not a cowboy. Not I don't have boots or ride a horse or anything like that. I'm just saying, just trying to perk you up. Just I, trying to go a I little high that, okay. I found that to be odd as well. Okay. I'm with you, Gross. I know that. Well, yeah. Anyway. All right, so now we're off How on that doing? note. How are you doing, sport? <laughs> <laughs> How you been, guy? <laughs> yeah, fella. <laughs> All right, Graz, are we all making too much of... called to talk about something, but... (laughs) (laughs) All right, Graz, are we all just making too much of the fact that Harbaugh has hired Don Yee to be his agent, who, of course, is a prominent NFL agent and somebody that is reportedly very close to the Spanos family? I mean, I don't think he's hiring an agent to do his next Michigan deal like he's done the last however many without one, so... Uh, no, I don't think we're making too much of it. I think it's uh, the latest bright dot uh, to connect, um, and I think we're perfectly justified in connecting those dots. You you talk about that. You talk about um, the possibility of you know further issues with the NCAA, sign stealing, et cetera. You talk about um, the the where the openings are, right? Like he has connections with the Raiders. Uh, the Chargers opening is going to be a popular one for just about any head coaching candidate because of Justin Herbert. So, no, I think there's a definite sense around that situation that this is the year he jumps back to the NFL. 
All right, so let's talk options. Obviously, most teams looking for a head coach, if not all, would be interested in his services, given the fact that he's won everywhere. I doubt he's going to be interested in all of them. So which ones make sense in terms of who would be interested and that he would have interest in? Where does it match? So, yeah, I mean, look, to your first point, I don't think you should assume that every team with an opening would have interest in him because that hasn't borne out. Um, two years ago, he went to Minnesota for an interview and, and didn't get the job. They gave it to Kevin O'Connell. Last year, he was, you know, he talked to Denver, but uh, they ended up with Sean Payton. So it's not automatic, it, it, but it only takes one, right? So I think the Chargers are a place a lot of people think makes sense. Because, you know, he's known to be a fan of Herbert, and, and, and obviously if you have a quarterback you believe in, you can build around that. Um, I think the Raiders make sense because, again, like he, he has had ties there in the past. So I think those are the two spots people are really watching for him. Um, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, you know, all these teams have to go through their process, right? There are rules in terms of how many interviews you have to do with people outside the organization, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, it, it's too soon to say for sure, oh, well, he's definitely going here. This may... But I, I think when you talk to people who are kind of around this situation and, and track the maneuvers of uh, head coach openings this time of year, those are the two that stand out. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider with us. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. The Spanos family, though, has never been known to be the most um... – willing to throw a whole lot of money at a head coach in this instance would they do that yeah that's a good question and that is their reputation now you know people in that organization would push back on that saying well look at what we spent on the roster right didn't shy away from doing high-end quarterback deal with justin herbert high-end edge rusher deal with joey bosa et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. and they're right that that's all true so it's not as if they don't spend but Yes, you're, I mean, there, there is that history with coaches. So that gives some people pause when we speculate about Harbaugh to the Chargers. But, look, the Chargers, ever since they moved from San Diego to L.A., have kind of been desperate for – I don't say this in a mean way, right? Like, desperate for attention. Like, they want, they want fans interested in the team. They want to sell tickets. They want to be a team that, you know, that, that has a footprint in that market. And it has, frankly, been a struggle for them. So a move that brings attention – uh, a move that that might generate interest, might generate ticket sales, you know, that might be worth spending for, right? <laughs> right? So, so I wonder if that may be, um, you know, a, a factor to consider here, the Chargers wanting to make kind of a splash. We had a conversation earlier talking about Harbaugh and all his stays, how sometimes it feels, or at least there's rumors that maybe he wears out the welcome, maybe his, his hardcore approach to everything just wears on some people or some players. You look at the situation in San Francisco towards the end, him and Jed York, they weren't getting along. It led to divorce. Is there anything from that that might scare off teams around the NFL? Uh, well, look, I mean, I think the, the the reputation is that, you know, he's a different sort of guy and that there have been places, you know, you mentioned San Francisco. He's there four years. They had a lot of success but the relationship ended. And was that because someone there found him difficult to get along with or vice versa? Um, I think there are, look, I, I don't know the man personally. I'm just saying like what, what people say about him who do know him, you know, he's quirky, he's different. He, he, you know, he may, you know, wear on people to some extent, but the 
trade-off is you win. <laughs> he won. He won at Stanford. He won. He won with San Francisco. He won with Michigan. So, um, yeah, I think if you can if you can put a front office structure together that sort of knows and understands uh, sort of his uh, idiosyncrasies, um, then then I think the thought is that you can have a lot of success uh, because he has had that everywhere he's gone. Cross latest Bill Belichick. What are we reading into this week as being the last possible game with the Patriots? I still think that's the most likely outcome. It's hard to get people to kind of go all the way on that one because it's Belichick, right? It's 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 twenty some years. It's six Super Bowl titles. Um, you know, so some people do hedge. Like, ah, I think it's probably over there, but I can't say for sure. So. That's kind of where I'll land on it. I, I, I think that's the most likely outcome is that uh, they have a different coach next year and, and then maybe he's coaching somewhere else next year. My, my understanding is that he would like to keep coaching. So the thing you have to understand about Belichick, and I think he said this in a radio appearance today or yesterday, and, and it holds true based on everything I've heard. He, he's not he's, – he's trying to win the game against the Jets this week. Like, like he has, everybody I've talked to in that building has said – through all of it, he has maintained this legendary week-to-week focus. I'm going to focus on the game, and whatever comes after the season comes after the season. So um, I don't think they've had their heart-to-heart, face-to-face about this yet, and I don't think they will until next week. Uh, so it's difficult to predict uh, anytime you're trying to predict what a billionaire sports owner will do, but uh, the people around that situation do seem to think that, uh, that it feels like there's going to be a change made. Danny, if you don't want a nickname, I won't give you a nickname. I mean, I cavalierly threw out Cowboy, but if you don't want Slick or Bro or anything, I'll just slick the very first Dan if you want. I don't know if there was something to it. I don't know, like Cowboy. No, I, don't, I, I don't know. That, that was not something people generally called me. But I guess it's better than some pleasantries. So familiarity, me. if you will. Yeah. Yeah, All right, Chief. Sure. <laughs> you want no right. part of this. Thanks, Dan. Take it easy, boss. <laughs> What's the one if you were going to call someone one and not in a not in a nice way? You were doing it in a nice way with Graziano. I want to make that clear. Yeah. But if yeah. you're doing it to like stick it to someone or be like, all right, like some you're arguing with some guy in traffic. What's the one you go to? Uh, all right, pal. All right, bro. Pal is is up there. One that I think is very underrated that is underused. Bub. Bub. <laughs> all right, bub. All right, Bob. <laughs> like I'm trying to think of the one that comes across as like, oh, all right, I'm ready to throw. All right, you got it, Slick. I'm ready to throw. <laughs> slick, I don't think Slick can ever be interpreted as a compliment. No, I don't or, think so. Or in a friendly manner. Do you have a favorite one that you would throw at someone? Uh, I like Guy because yeah. it's all right, guy. It's a very Midwestern term. I have friends in the Midwest who use it quite a bit, but it's never right. used as like, uh, it's a great call, guy. It's always like, all right, guy. Yeah, the Bears are going to win this weekend. Sure. <laughs> the one that does in the the one that does bother me every once in a while is when I get big guy because I, well, I I automatically get big guy. Well, now we're yeah, now we're venturing in the personal space. No, no, no. I just I'm. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, people who don't know you, let me get that for you, big guy. Oh, like in that regard. What if it was like, all right, it's me and the big guy today. We're going to be, you can come, no, come no, meet no, us no. at the, the win. That's fine. I'm talking about the people that don't know oh. me. Like a waiter comes up guy. and he's like, hey, let me get that for you, big guy. Looks like it's going to be a struggle to bend over and pick that napkin up. <laughs> like that right there. 
Exactly. I'll get that for you, big guy. <laughs> you struggle to pick up the napkin. As he sees you, like, leaning out of the booth, but, like, it's like, oh, my God. I'm going to have to slide out of the table, squat down, oh. whole process. Especially if you got the booth with the table that doesn't move. Right. You know, yeah. Locked into the wall. Oh, yeah. So you're the guy when you get up, you just shove the table into everyone else. <laughs> Up next, you'll hear what Bill Belichick had to say when he was pressed on his future this morning, and it was not, we're on to the Jets. I guarantee you that. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. (laughs) Find the top products and quantities you need when you need them. Lowe's Knows Pros. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Have you and Robert discussed your future here the season? Get ready for Kansas City. After the season, the men with the long history that they have with all the accomplishments want to sit down and discuss what is the best course of action surrounding Bill Belichick, his future in New England, and whether or not he will continue on as the head coach of the New England Patriots. They're going to have to part ways because Belichick doesn't want to leave. And at some point, you have to sit there and say, we've given this three years post-Brady. It's time for a fresh start. This is going to be it. It feels like it's going to be it. It's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. I don't know how it goes in any other direction. And I'm not just saying that because, well, I'm calling the game this week on ESPN Radio. <laughs> Who do you like? <laughs> Here we go. I, I, I don't know if I like the actual football. <laughs> I like the storylines. Oh, that game's going to be something. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. Over under 30 and a half, by the way. Fireworks not exactly expected at Gillette. (laughs) I I will not be making any further comment regarding that. I will make plenty throughout the course of the week. But that is between you and I. Um, But yes, no, we're going to play it above board. Uh, Just to throw it out there, Patriots two and a half point favorite. I mean, there's a lot to dissect here. If this is it, it's against the Jets. Like of all teams, this would be the way to go out. Can the Jets stick it to them? You know, I got to tell you what. So I just went on Vivid Seats, our trusted partner. There are. I, I would have thought, thinking that this game could be Belichick's last game, that there would be a premium. Right now, there are very affordable tickets to that game. <laughs> there, at, in, in Gillette Stadium, there are very affordable. You can get into that game for 65 bucks. Is this one of those games where the ticket fee is more expensive than the ticket itself? No, no, no. It's not like that. It's not like that, but it's uh, you can get into that game. Like it's, They're selling a little bit less than face, but like if Patriot fans, I'm a little surprised by that. So I wouldn't myself, if you're a Patriot fan, I would encourage you to go. I'd want to be at Belichick's last game, and I understand what the situation is, but Hold on, Wilner's like yeah. ready to pop back Six, here. Here we go. Sixty-five percent chance it snows. It's going to be in the thirties, so that could be also why the tickets are low. Nobody wants to sit out in thirty-degree weather in snow 
to watch these minor league football teams. It's a nice hey, Bill, little New England Super- Sunday. Hey, Bill, six Super Bowls. Thanks. It's snowing. Now nah, we'll pass. <laughs> I mean, listen, the loser Bruin- gets relegated. The Bruins and the Celtics are balling out this year. They got championship teams to root for. Who do the Bees have on Sunday afternoon? I was at the Bees game in Buffalo last week. Buffalo, the Sabres getting booed off their own ice in that game. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. How about it? We're not going to get derailed by that. But, you know, I'm, I'm sitting behind the uh, Sabre bench. Coach is laying into the team. It's 4 nothing at the end of two. People, no one expected a win, but you got to put a goal up there. You got to fight somebody. People pouring, something. pouring out of the arena after the second period. Poor Buffalo fans. They love everything. Call the Hanson brothers. Got to do something. Yeah. <laughs> got to do something. Meanwhile, Belichick, as he does each and every week, appeared on the Greg Hill Show on WEEI up in Buffalo and was asked about what his future holds. Whatever success I have had, I've tried to go about my job the same way every week. Win, lose, you know, good years, bad years, whatever they are, you know, just each week. Get ready to go for that week. Do the best you can to help your team win. And after that game, move on to the next one. And at the end of the season, that's the end of the season. But on a week-to-week basis, I mean, I don't want to spend time or get caught up in, you know, what happened five years ago or what's going to happen two years from now or, you know, I mean, a bunch of other random stuff. So just working on the Jets. Is it hard for you while working for the Jets, working on the Jets, to also take into account where you are when it comes to a draft pick? Because we're all focused on that as well. And as the GM, you you have to keep that in the back of your mind as well, right? Yeah, I'm committed to the team that I'm coaching right now. The players that are here, they deserve my best every day, and that's what I'm going to give them. That was Belichick? I've never heard him speak that much in my life. I know. I know. Normally, when you hear him speak that much... It's about drop kicks in the 1930s. Yeah. In football. If you get him teed up on a real good football question, he'll go on forever. But outside of that, he never elaborates. No. And he gave you something right there. Listen, he didn't give you any kind of an Easter egg as to what he's doing, but he gave you at least an extensive explanation as to why he is the way he is and why he's not answering the question. See, that I give him credit for. I give him credit for that. He was also uh, asked about how he's going to announce his future when the time is right. I appreciate, as always, you taking the time this week, and we'll give you the opportunity to get to work and get ready for the Jets. Thank you very much, Bill Belichick. All right, you're welcome, Greg. You know, if I was going to do anything, I'd put it out there on you know Twitter and, <laughs> and my face so everybody could see it, but I don't... You're saving it for the social media. If I don't do that, then I'll just keep it private. (laughs) You're saving it for social media. That's what you're doing. Did he say my face? He loves the my face bit. He did that a few years ago, and everyone went went wild with it, and he brought it back. It's a good callback for him. It's a real good callback. That's some of his best stuff. Like he's in the middle of an hour-long set, and he he dropped that in the first 10 minutes, right. and now he's bringing it back. He's bringing it back at the end. It's a brilliant job by him because those, there are people out there listening right now that remember the first time he said that. It was years ago, but he called it my face, and it was hilarious, and we haven't heard it for years. And to bring it back now, a kinder, softer Bill Belichick here at the end. Listen, I, I think it's over in New England. I don't think it's over. I don't, I, I don't think that Bill Belichick is ready to just go get on the yacht. No. And if you're the Chargers, if you had the choice between Belichick and Harbaugh, I'd still go with Bill. Really? I absolutely would. Oh, because I need, I need, again, we need serious people. You're not serious people. Well, 
Bill Belichick's a serious person and changes the dynamic of everything right away. Yeah, I'm going the other way there. I'm going the other way. I want really? the younger, hungrier guy. I've seen Harbaugh win everywhere. I've only seen Bill win in one place. Granted, it was over two plus decades and it was multiple Super Bowls. <laughs> multiple isn't six. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, it's like, has the, you know, when we talk about the game passing Saban by, it's like, come on. He just lost in overtime in the semifinal to Michigan. Belichick, in terms of player evaluation, there are question marks. In terms of coaching guys up, there's question marks. You know, it's not to say he can't go somewhere else and win, but. I would rather have Harbaugh coming in. I've seen Harbaugh win everywhere, and I don't think Harbaugh's looking to rewrite some legacy. Like, Belichick at the end here is trying to make it clear that it wasn't just all Brady. Harbaugh's going to come in looking to win. I, I think I think Harbaugh would be the choice. That's a good I, I question. Understand. I understand the thought behind it. Um, for me, I, I just think Bill's going to have a little something to prove, too. Yeah, the chip you on know. the shoulder definitely helps. Yeah, and uh, that, with a guy like that in particular... I think there's not a better carrot out there for someone who has spent his entire career chasing a perfection that simply does not exist. I'd I'd go, Bill. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.